0: You've tuned into to localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. I'm Jacqueline Peterson, and joining me in today's Quad is Lynn Molitor. Hello, everyone. Laura McBain. Hi, everybody. And Tim Yuma.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: So once again, we actually have a variety of topics varying, kind of covering the spectrum here. And Lynn, I wanted to start off with you. So I
2: saw this story on the national news, and I'm like, oh, this is a perfect topic for the quad. So there was an ad agency in Minneapolis that told their workers, their employees, that they would get 500 paid hours to use this summer to seek out something that they'd always wanted to do but didn't have enough time. So... Bottom line is, if you were given this opportunity, 500 paid hours, what would you do?
1: Wait, are you saying that we are going to have this opportunity? <laughs> no. Since you have some connections? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just curious.
2: I- yeah, no. <laughs>
1: In the interest of trying to be productive, as opposed to just you know wasting all that, I, I my thing would be to write a book. Personally, That's cool. I think I've mentioned yeah. at least a couple of you in here that you know I I have sort of started. I have ideas. I think I have good ideas, and based on my time are teaching, are we in the
0: book? Do you? Are we? No, no,
1: no, oh. no, no. I didn't know you. Again. I'm sorry. I didn't know any of you ladies yet. Maybe I could put you at the end. Okay.
3: Can we? Be, can we be in the book? If we yeah. End? Sure. Could Maybe it? at the end. I'll you know it's
1: sort of my transition from teaching to, to over here. Dedicated walking jobs, to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, That would be my thinking. And as far as relating it to sort of the job way of of thinking as well, I mean, just being able to commit to that and, and write and be creative. I think that would be very cathartic for myself. And then in, then coming back, obviously, to the regular job, I think that would help with sort of storytelling or putting together ideas or, or mapping out a, a project for a long period of time instead of trying to do it week to week kind of thing. So uh, I, that's what I would do personally. I think it would be – I think it would – it was an awesome idea. I, I'm very surprised that it was real, and I saw some of the comments from people <laughs> like, is this real? Like, are we actually getting laid off? <laughs> What's going on here? So, But I think that's pretty cool.
0: I actually thought it was a really interesting article and I like that the parameters that they had set were that you actually have to do something. Mm-hmm. Right, this is right. not free time where you get to sleep in uh, you know, and watch <laughs> soap operas all day catch up on all your DVR. The, the caveat was you have to be productive and I thought that that was really cool and I also thought it was really cool that the um, that the boss was like, why would we do that? And the wife was like, because you can. Because <laughs> you can. And then, that, then it happened. But to answer your question, and I know I've talked about this before, I I would really love to be bilingual. So I think I would go take classes and maybe Mm -hmm. go even off site and maybe live somewhere for a month and just kind of immerse myself in the culture and and learn Spanish. That's the language that I would like to learn uh, fluently. And um, yeah, that's what I would probably spend the most of my energy.
3: Hmm. This was very difficult for me,
0: (laughs) just because
3: I think that throughout my life, you know, I've transitioned from you know, high school, and then you go out in the world and you get jobs and you get married and you have kids. And so I've never really had a ton of free time. So to actually (laughs) be perplexed and, okay, what would I do with 500 hours? was very difficult. So I I don't know that I have a great answer, but I do know that probably at least 20 years ago, I started a quilt. Oh, that's a good one. And I didn't get very far. (laughs) (laughs) So I would probably try to do things like that, because my grandmother was really big into sewing and, you know, cooking and stuff like that. So I think that I would try to, you know, get back to my roots, so to speak, and do something that means a lot, something like that, because I know I'm never going to have the time to finish it. I mean, it's still (laughs) sitting in a box. I don't know.
2: That was a good one, because I actually um, have probably four or five quilts in a box (laughs) in a room, but... Unfortunately, I can't get to them because I can't walk in the room. (laughs) So I was hoping that I could use these 500 hours (laughs) to actually finish organizing that room. Would it take
1: all 500 hours? No, I think I'd have some extra time. Good, good.
2: And then I always wanted to go to Europe, but some of you know I'm not really a big fan of flying. So... I can take a boat to Europe, <laughs> but it actually takes seven days to get there one way. Huh. So if I had all these hours, I would have plenty of time to float on that boat, float on enjoy, boat.
1: <laughs> enjoy
2: <laughs> my time in Europe, and then float on back.
0: You could uh, take me with you, drop me off in Spain, okay, then head to maybe France or England, and then oh, come yeah. back and pick me up.
2: Oh, yeah, that would be good. And then we'll uh, take the seven days. And that's I
0: good. could bring
3: my quilting along on <laughs> right. this trip. Yes. And Tim could, Tim
0: write, his could, his
2: could write his book. could actually write
0: his book. Oh, so. my gosh. We're going to Europe. Yeah, we're totally doing this. So we're doing this 500 hours thing. <laughs> right, yeah. Just us four. Just right, us four. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it.
1: I'm going to write it down. <laughs> okay. Lynn, if you want to sign this, then we'll make sure it's official.
0: Oh, Aww. well, that's really fun. And um, I think, it, yeah, that, that's just uh, an interesting way to look at things. Um, But now getting back to the office and switching gears a little bit. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Uh, Laura, you wanted to talk about LinkedIn. All right. LinkedIn. We do
3: a lot with social media, and we're always telling people to have LinkedIn sites. But, you know, I have to admit that I probably don't spend as much time looking at the site once I've created it, you know, because, again, time gets away from you and things like that. So there was just an interesting article on LinkedIn, certain things that, you know— It's kind of what you don't know will ruin your career, so to speak. Um, And I think the tips that they said and the things that they went through was, you know, don't forget that it's a social network site. So just be aware of how you're presenting yourself on the site. And, you know, again, you know, it's kind of like the whole Facebook thing. We tell people clean up their Facebook, you know, when they're out job searching. Same thing with uh, LinkedIn. And one thing that does bother me, too, especially when I'm you know, looking at a LinkedIn site or looking at somebody's LinkedIn site is when they don't have a picture Mm. (laughs) or if they have a bad picture. And they they talked about this, too, because, you know, the picture that I have, although it's pretty dull and boring, is just, you know, it's an average picture. But at least you have one. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's it really bothers me, though, when people don't have one, because, you know, when you go to these sites, you want to kind of see people. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have a picture on it. I, I don't know. I don't know how many people in the room have a picture or don't have a picture, but <laughs> I like to um, take
2: government compliance and hiring in, into perspective, and so I don't want to put my picture out there. I,
0: it's <laughs> funny that you bring that up because I specifically, when I read the article, and that I think that was like number two or three, two, remember, yeah. and it, it had mentioned the photo thing, and I was thinking, I just feel like it goes against everything to have an, a mm-hmm. photo because – it's an, on, uh, to me, in my perspective, when I look at LinkedIn, to me it's an online resume. And you're not supposed to have photos with your resume. So why would I let you see what I look like? And don't get me wrong, I'm very attractive. Oh, yeah. Extreme. So nobody so was attractive. questioning yes, that. you are. Thank nobody you.
2: Nobody was questioning that. Because we want to look at you seven days a week on that boat.
0: <laughs> so it's like, I, I just, you know, I'm like, it's not like I have anything to hide, but it's like, I just, I, w- mm-hmm. I guess I've been trained. No photos with resume, no photos with resume. And then I feel like, okay, social media has opened up this store. LinkedIn is this online resume. So it's interesting to me that you want to see the photos. I I just want to see photos. It's just nicer.
3: It's kind of like on Facebook when somebody doesn't have a photo. It just kind of bothers me. You know, why don't they have a photo? What's wrong with them? (laughs) (laughs) But Jacqueline is very pretty. So, I mean, let's just put that out there. Well, I mean, come
0: on, guys.
1: (laughs) So you know, yeah. I mean, that photo thing is interesting. We've talked about that in webinars and just in general meetings. That uh, what's the balance there? Uh, The thing that Laura brought up also is the idea that forgetting it is a form of social media. That depending on what you put out there, you know, maybe you don't want certain information. Maybe you thought it was only going to certain people. It's just you know always being cautious with what what you're laying out there. And then the other thing they mentioned was. You know, maybe somebody tries to find you on LinkedIn. Maybe they're not getting the information they want. Well, they're going to try to look you up on Facebook. They're yeah, going to try to look sure. you up elsewhere. So if you're going to use any form of social media, just make sure you, you know, sort of have all your ducks in a row and tie up all those loose ends that maybe uh, would play a factor. For myself, I've used it just to just to try to find like stories or contacts. And I'm not even contact someone. I might just be sort of looking, and maybe they'll have an article. But what I found a lot of times is you go to their uh, their page, and you know you don't post a message, you don't do anything, but then they've seen that, okay, you looked at their page. Now they check you out and now they want to mm-hmm. see, okay, do we want a partnership? So it's kind of a, oh. a passive way to just kind of get some feelers out there and you don't have to necessarily put yourself out there. But just the understanding that just by looking, people are then going to check on you and be like, well, why was this person looking me up? Why? What do they do? So I, it just always keeping in mind that it's constantly connected.
2: And it's social. Yeah. Right. Always. Yeah. That people are interested. They're curious. Yeah. I also found it interesting from the article where it says, um, "you know, you have failed to adequately tell the story of your professional life," and I think that it's important not to sell yourself short. Mm. And I, I'm assuming that it would take some time, depending on your career, to adequately fill that section out. So if you're going to to make the leap into to LinkedIn, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Go at it.
0: Yeah, I think that brings up a good point because I, I am, I'm not a big social media user. I do have a LinkedIn account, as Laura said. Mm-hmm. It's encouraged. We definitely, and and Tim used to use it to make connections too, and and I use it for that as well. Um, but I purposefully don't want a lot of my information out there, so I am purposefully vague on when I graduated college, mm-hmm. what I got my degree in. I just put like the basics, you know, University of Arizona, University of Wisconsin. That's it. Yeah. But I but to your point, it's funny that now that you bring that up, I actually do that consciously because I'm like, they don't need to know all that information. Mm-hmm. But I guess if I was You're, you're trying not to look, trot,
2: you're not looking for a job, right. right. I'm right. assuming. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> good assumption. Good okay.
2: assumption. Well, okay, that's
0: good. Let's just clarify that. <laughs> yeah.
3: I wanted to get that out there. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, to your point, I guess if I was hot mm-hmm. to try to look for a new job, I might, right. like Laura said, finish my profile. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah.
3: to me, it doesn't look like you completed it unless there's a picture in there. I hate to go back to <laughs> <Okay>. that, <laughs> well, but well, it just <laughs>
0: looks incomplete that there's this or something in that space. Okay. Well, can you do this? So let's say that you were like a host, a radio mm-hmm. host. Could you put like a microphone?
3: You could. Would that be okay? I think that it would at least show that you you recognize that there's not just this vague shadow of a okay. head there. Oh, And put yeah. something else in there. Okay. It just looks incomplete if you haven't done this. I see. So to if you're me, a teacher, anyway.
0: you could put like an apple. Sure. Okay. Why not? All right. All right. so some ruler. tips. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These are good tips. I better go back. <laughs> what, yeah. What photo are you going to have? Yeah, Island? I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're going to switch gears completely and get back into the office and talk about performance reviews, but sort of with a twist.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I just read numerous articles on the idea of that. Obviously, no matter how often you have them, maybe some organizations have them quarterly or you know biannually or just once a year. But the idea of this formal review, formal assessments, uh, sort of picking out the strengths and things to work on or weaknesses, I, I like to call them. <laughs> um, but the idea is that this can really affect your promotion. This could affect your advancement in general in an organization. It could affect you getting a job elsewhere if that's what you're looking to do. And, you know, we look at these things as being sort of ironclad and for legal purposes, they can come up and and all those things. But what happens if you're sitting there and and you have this discussion and, and maybe you're just blown away by some of this stuff and thinking, this isn't accurate at all. Who is, like, where is this coming from? Or or maybe you just didn't agree. I, I, my question would be, if you're with a, a manager and you're having this discussion, how do, you, how do you then broach this? I mean, can you set up a meeting later to sort of be like, hey, can we talk about this? Because I don't think this is right. I, I just would hate for somebody in these positions to sort of just, you know, leave that negative part and think this is not entirely accurate. Like, I don't know where this is coming from. So I guess reaching out to, you know, All of you who have experience with this type of thing, what what do you do as an employee? Did
0: you get a bad review? (laughs) I was going to ask. Well, I mean,
1: I'm anticipating one. (laughs) I'm anticipating one. Uh, No, I just I've seen articles, and I know a couple of our employees are coming up on like 90 day type things. But uh, but seriously, how do you broach that without sort of sounding whiny or or as you know just in a negative way? How do you how do you professionally and tactfully approach that subject?
3: I think if you've gotten a review that you did not expect to get, now, A, that shouldn't happen because leading up to that, this shouldn't, you know, the review should not be the first place that you're hearing about any issues or concerns or I like to call them opportunities for improvement, I'm not yes. weaknesses. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yes. Opportunities for right. improvement. So, <laughs> But that shouldn't be the first time that you're hearing about it. So if it is and or if you've gotten what you figure is like a, a scathing review, something that's totally unexpected, not a left field. I think that you need to follow up with your manager and try to schedule a meeting where you can both sit down and, you know, go through it line by line. You know, what, you know, where did this come from? So you can get some sort of a explanation as to what what that's all about. I
2: think the manager also should be working in partnership, hopefully with uh, the person to kind of help change their ways. Mm. Um, moving forward. But at the time, I can say that um, I learned from my manager, and I have since used her words of wisdom and advice, is that the performance review is perception. Um, so you shouldn't like mm-hmm. take it as, you know, I'm an awful person. I'm not doing this right. What am I supposed to do? Um it's perception, and I—I I will admit that I've had my performance reviews where I've gotten the opportunity for improvement, and it was like a punch in the gut, and, yeah. Yeah. and I didn't necessarily <laughs> gracefully accept it.
0: You're wrong; that's not
2: true. I'm embarrassed by it now, but hindsight, 20. with with the passage of time, I'm comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember she just said, "Well, this is a perception." Lynn, and, you know, you've, you know, I'm here to help you turn this around. But, you know, I know who you are, and I don't think you mean to give this perception to people, Mm -hmm. but this is what you're doing. And I always took to you know, I always was the type, it was like, it was nice to hear the good stuff, but I really wanted to cut to the chase, and it's like, okay, just tell me (laughs) the bad stuff, because that's the (laughs) stuff I can work on. Right. And, um... You know, I usually, then as the year went on, she, she would say to me, she's like, I can always tell that you've taken my words and you're trying to change your behavior. She says, I can see you do it. You need to be patient, though. I mean, you're not going to, like, change perceptions in the next meeting you're at. And you sure right. can't come across looking desperate and like mm. you're trying to change. It's just... You know, it takes a while to build the perception, so it's going to take a while to change the perception.
0: Yeah, I think you know, I just have some tips more toward, for managers and I guess for the person receiving the review. I would say, for a manager's perspective, to help so that, the, like, I 100% agree with Lynn, it is perception. But to help paint the picture, like, Tim, if you're saying, oh, well, I'm getting this review and I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, I always make it objective. Like, here's what you need to work on, and here's a specific example of what happened. Mm-hmm. So that's if you're nice. if you're an editor or something and you're constantly being reminded, you know, oh, make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's and it's being sent an email or whatever. Use those examples like, well when you were creating this flyer, I had to constantly remind you about this. So if you can right. use those examples to help it resonate with a person receiving it, that's objective information. Um, also for the jobs or for the the candidate, I think on the flip side You have to be open to it. I mean, just recently I was talking to one of my direct reports about it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And um, it's always – even when you're giving feedback, it's always nervous on both ends on how is this person going to receive what I'm about to tell them. Mm, And this person was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that's how I came across. I'm so thankful that you told me. I'll be aware of that moving forward. And it was actually really pleasant. The, the way that this person accepted my constructive criticism, if you will, and said, thank you for letting me know. I know I can be that way, but now I'm going to pay attention to it even more so. So it's, you know, it's nervous. It's There's nerves on both ends, giving and receiving. But I think as a manager, if you give it you your objective and can pr- and provide specific examples, that's going to help parlay the message so that that person can't really deny it. Yeah, you really need examples. Yeah. I think yeah. that's where managers
2: mm-hmm. can trip up by saying, here's some feedback for you. And then the person will say, give yeah. me an example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and they've got nothing.
0: Right.
1: I, and I yeah. think a lot of what I hear there here with all of you, and it's consistent with professionals we've spoken with or items we read is that, a lot of it does come down to the manager and how that relationship works. And you'll see various statistics, but they're usually like, you know, 70% of employees think their manager has a lot to do with their success or their failure or their improvement, that sort of thing. Um, so I, it's interesting to hear those conversations because I think a lot of you are obviously coming from that perspective and how you can help. And it really just sounds like if you can have that open dialogue and, and to Lynn's point, not take it personal uh, and, and have those examples as you guys have talked about. Just that obviously helps bridge the gap. And then maybe it's not so, you know, daunting to be like, I don't agree with that. Like, where is that coming from to all of your points that you have something to lay it out? So I think that's a, a really big thing.
0: Absolutely. And, and yeah, and just be open to it more than anything. Like, like Lynn had said, just get, cut to the, like, what can I do? And provide mm-hmm. tips for them too. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. what people want. Right. Yeah, ways
3: to improve, right.
0: So,
2: yeah. I, I, and we know. It is easier said than done. I do know. That. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I will say this though too: if you are a direct report and your manager stops paying attention to you or stops giving you that constructive criticism and yeah. stops oh. wanting to spend time with you, that's when you should be worried yeah. because that's when they've are, they've checked out.
1: Yeah. No, I. I that's I, a good point. Whenever I've coached in a sport, I've always said: is if I don't, if I know your name, that's a good thing. If I don't know your name then that's oh, trouble. Because I, mean, nice. I may be on a, on a person or a kid or whatever. But you on them
0: because you care. Right,
1: because I know, if I don't know your name, that means I don't care enough, quote-unquote, to worry about improving you for whatever reason. Yeah. Usually a lack of it. You
2: should put their names on their shirts.
3: That's a good <laughs> idea.
2: Then I don't have that excuse
1: to not know their name. <laughs> then they don't get the hint. <laughs> All right. One of these days, I'm just going to go off on, during a performance <laughs> review just just to mess with that manager, I think.
0: Well, now I want to switch topics completely and talk about something a little bit more fun and lighter and exciting, and that's the holidays. They're they're fast approaching. I mean, we're about to get into the last month of third quarter, and as soon as fourth quarter comes around, the, the year just ends rather quickly, and I've already been getting requests for holidays off. Now... You know, this topic came up for me personally and I wanted to discuss it was because I have a lot of uh, newer people on my team. Mm-hmm. They're, they're uh, you know, new to the organization. And I was curious, like, what tips and advice do you have as managers or, you know, been with an organization for a really long time and maybe not even be a manager? But how do you, um, how do you decide who gets what days off? Because you can't all take the same days off, especially around <laughs> the holidays. And then maybe from a... An employee's perspective: How do you show that? Well, I'm really deserving of having this weekend off because it's you don't always get what you want, you know.
3: I will have to say that having worked in healthcare, and I know I keep going back to healthcare, but it was a struggle because we were open, of course, on the yeah. holidays. Yeah. So we needed people to work, and it was always a bad time of year because, of course, nobody wanted to. I've got kids, you know. I want to cook for my family. I mean, there's every excuse under the sun, and they were all very valid excuses. I mean, who doesn't want to spend the holidays with their family? So what I would do, because at one point I was scheduling, you know, maybe 30 people at a time, I would put the schedule out there and I would have a meeting and we would talk about it and people would, you know, I said, I'm going to work with you on this. I said, but you have to be reasonable. I said, I need this number of people to fill these shifts. So if you can work it out amongst yourselves. Oh, that was good. Instead of me just, you know, writing these names down on a sheet and, you know, going every other you know, if we can work it out so that through the holiday season, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, we're all covered. I'm all good with it. And that's kind of how we started with that. I like that.
0: That's good. That's really good because then they can negotiate among mm-hmm. themselves. Like, why well, mm-hmm. I really, really want days yeah. off in December, but I'm okay working Thanksgiving. Yeah.
3: yeah. So they could work it out oh, amongst like themselves that. and everybody got a little bit of what they wanted, even though they knew nobody could have, you know, all the holidays mm-hmm. off. Okay. So. I like that.
2: Yeah, I actually had tried doing that when I had a team years ago Mm -hmm. um, to kind of work it out amongst ourselves. And I pretty much let people know that it wasn't like a first come first serve thing, Mm -hmm. you know, because all of a sudden you start getting these, Mm -hmm. you know, requests like in June, July. (laughs) And it's like, whoa, you know, and it's like, I can't promise you that right now. It's just too early. And to be fair, you know, then I would just put out a message to my team and say, okay. you know they're starting to come in the requests. Mm-hmm. Who all wants to be considered? And then we kind of sit down and oh, I like that one too. And work it out yeah. as a team.
0: Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. What I've done so far is I just kind of said what you said, but just to that one person. You know, this is not guaranteed. We'll go ahead and add it, but this is absolutely subject to change, and it's going to depend on the other people on the team because they haven't. I mean, it's. Right, in July, for goodness' sakes, nobody has it <laughs> yeah. might be on your radar, but it's not on everyone else's radar, so i I did say you know we can add it, but it is subject to change, absolutely, but I like that
1: mm-hmm. I mean, from the other perspective too, as far as trying to show you deserve it or you you should be able to take that time off, I think that's probably a really difficult thing to to judge or to to display to your manager or whoever will be in charge of that. Um, I think the best thing you can do is, as much as you can, depending on your position, try to work ahead of the schedule, so to speak, have all of your, you know, all, everything lined up ahead of time so that you say, hey, look, you know, say Christmas is on uh, Wednesday and you really like that Thursday, Friday off to sort of just complete that week. Say, I will have everything I need to be take care, taken care of by the 23rd or by the week before. Uh, and again, it's difficult if depending on what position exactly you have. But if there's any way you can say, look, I'm, I want to take the initiative to get this stuff done so that me not being here should you allow me to to miss isn't going to affect you know production or the processes uh, to me that's the best way you can you can do it cuz you're saying I'm not just looking to get time off I still want my job to be done well and I don't want to affect everyone else but I really would like this off so you know work with me how can I how can I show that to you how can I get work done where you'd be comfortable Saying, yeah, that's cool, we can go. I think
0: that's, that's very a too. good idea yeah.
2: too. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing too is, especially um, in an office setting, there's so many opportunities to work remotely. And I know some people will say, well, could I like be off uh, over the holidays, but I'll uh, log in, you know, first thing in the morning and check things, and mm. I'll, you know, mm-hmm. then I'll, I can log back in the afternoon. So it's not. You know, there's like a compromise there, yeah, to keep business moving forward. But a lot of times, it does tend to be a slow time. Yeah. So it's that's always a a juggle for managers how to keep business moving, and then it could be really slow.
0: No, oh, I like those tips. I think
3: I'm going
2: <laughs> to yeah, incorporate yeah. So, them. Sweet. No, it's also you. a good, good time luck.
3: of year to work in the office because oh, yeah. a lot of people are gone, so it's quieter, so you can actually get more done. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: it can be fun. Yeah. Yeah, because I tend to work the holidays (laughs) by default and um, it it actually is a it's just a whole different atmosphere so it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a bad thing either
0: no yeah it's actually a a good time to get a lot of stuff done or closed concluded for the end of the year but uh, well there you have it so I hope we hope that you were able to walk away from today's quad with some tips, maybe on using LinkedIn. Photos, anyone? Photos? <laughs> or how to get the days off that you want for those uh, holidays that are coming up. And if you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LJN Radio quad, send us a message at Radio at localjobnetwork.com. For Lynn Molitor, Laura McBain, and Tim Yuma, I'm Jacqueline Peterson. Thanks for listening.